This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Fleto. And now it's time to check in on the state of science. This is KERA News, St. Louis Public Radio Iowa Public Radio News. Local science stories of national significance. Off the coast of California, there's an incredibly vibrant and diverse ocean ecosystem. Whales call this area home, but the real estate does have some downside. Other big things that frequent this area, ships transporting supplies to large coastal ports. And sometimes these whales and ships meet with deadly consequences for the whales. So how can these ocean-dwelling mammals be protected while still making sure ships can deliver their goods? It turns out the answer may be as simple as just slowing down. Hmm. Joining me to talk about this is Michelle Loxton, podcast host and producer for KCLU. She's based in Thousand Oaks. She reports this story for KCLU's podcast, The 101. Welcome back to Science Friday. Thanks, Ira. What does the ocean look like around that area? Okay, so the Santa Barbara Channel is a piece of water that divides the California coast from the Channel Islands. And the main word I would use to describe this area is strategic. And that's because, as you mentioned already, the Channel is one of the most vibrant ocean environments in terms of marine life diversity. The Santa Barbara Channel is also a corridor that leads to three very important Southern California ports, Long Beach, Los Angeles, and Wainimi. These ports account for over 40% of all imports to the United States. So the ships are maybe banging into the whales. Which whales call this area home? So there's a, a lot of different whales that you'll find that they'll be migrating through or coming to feed or breed. There's fin whales. There's also humpback whales that gather you know, to feed on the swarms of krill. Uh, for this story, I went up on a survey plane on a whale counting mission, and we spotted two gray whales that were migrating side by side. They looked like two speedboats racing along with this straight line of white water behind them. But you'll also find the world's largest animal, the blue whale. Scientists who study these whales along the West Coast have described the blue whale population here as one of the largest and most thriving anywhere in the world. So basically, you've got a a lot of blubber out there. (laughs) I'm glad glad you said (laughs) What is the history of the whale strikes in the area? So... It was really with the creation of faster and larger ships about 20 years ago that scientists started seeing these fatal ship strikes. What they started seeing was, you know, sometimes a whale would wash ashore after a strike or ships would find a dead whale wrapped around the bow. Hmm. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, who was tracking the amount of whales killed by ships along the California coast, they recorded between one and three fatal strikes a year. But... They believe that that was really just the tip of the iceberg. They estimated the true number to be 10 times higher. Why? Well, whales are negatively buoyant, meaning when they die, they float to the bottom of the ocean out of sight. But it's important to add here that the ships aren't trying to hit these whales. They they have to stick to these shipping lanes in the channel, like, like highways. And this is often where the whales are. Boy, that is really tragic. Uh, your podcast dives deeply into an incentive program to help stop the whale strikes. And it sounds like they came up with a very simple solution. Yes, it's called the Protecting Blue Whales and Blue Skies Incentive Program. And basically, Noah and their partners came up with this idea to incentivize ships to do one single thing, slow down. 
They said, OK, if you slow down to 10 knots in the Santa Barbara Channel, it's about 12 miles an hour, between the months of May and November, when the whales are most present, we'll reward you with some nice positive PR in the press and we'll give you money, depending on how much you slow down. 18 global shipping lines signed up, representing 90% of the container traffic coming over from Asia. And the program has been running for almost a decade. Successful, has it been? Well, this is the crux of the whole program. When you slow down a ship, what that means is that when a ship comes into a contact with a whale, it's a bump and not a kill. It's not necessarily fatal. The program puts together reports, and for 2021, it said all that slowing down meant a 50% reduction in fatal whale strikes. Huh, and I understand there's there's been another positive benefit, and, and that's on pollution. Yes. So marine shipping causes a lot of air pollution in our region. In Ventura County, for example, where I live, Ocean-going vessels contribute about 40% of the total NOx emissions in the county. That's nitrogen oxides, a principal component of smog. So what happens is when you slow down ships, they burn less fuel, and that may, means less air pollution. The program estimates since the inception, thousands of tons of smog-causing emissions and tens of thousands of greenhouse gas emissions have been avoided. To paint a picture of what this means for communities, um, I'm bringing in Giles Pettifor now. He's the environmental manager at the port of Wainimi. The port is one of the partners in the incentive program, along with local air pollution control districts. And besides getting ships to burn less fuel on their way to the ports, they're also working on getting them to plug into shore power rather than burning their engines the whole time they're sitting there in the port. Here's what those improvements have meant for local residents. We've talked to folks in the community here that have lived next to the port for decades. And they would talk about back in the day, before our shore power system, which allowed those ships to plug in and shut off those diesel engines, they would, say, come out of their apartment in the morning, and they would have to hose off their patio furniture, or they would have to wipe off the, the windshield of their car in the mornings because of that accumulation of soot particles from the ambient air around the port, and how now that no longer is the case. Yeah, that's terrific. What have the shipping companies been saying? I spoke to two of the biggest global shipping companies for the podcast episode, Maersk and Hapagloid. In 2021, those two companies slowed down in the Santa Barbara Channel about 85% of the time. They say slowing down is now part of their ship's GPS, and they do it when it's safe and feasible. Remember, they have these tight schedules and time slots at the ports to keep on top of. And depending on how much they slowed down, shipping companies were rewarded between $5,000 and $50,000 per company. Wow. But here's the in interesting part. A lot of the shipping companies will donate the money back into the program. Maersk has done this for the last two years. For Hapagloid, they gave their incentive money to the seafarers mission, who they said were instrumental in helping their seafarers with amenities during the pandemic. So they're happy to be part of the program. But it really is part of their larger environmental goals. Both these companies have zero emissions goals, and they're also hearing it from their customers as well, who want to make their supply chains even greener. Here's Lee Kinberg, the head of environment and sustainability at Maersk North America. About two-thirds of our top 200 customers have set zero carbon goals. So delivering to them an environmentally 
safe product where they have actually the data to show that they're doing the right thing is very important to companies like like the Amazons, the Nikes. Yeah. And, and if the companies like this incentive program, why not just make it a, a requirement? Ah, regulations. If this program is helping whales, it's improving air quality, and most of the shipping companies are literally on board, it makes sense to ask, why not just make it mandatory? Well, it's not like this is a foreign idea in the U.S. Regulations already exist on the East Coast. Well, despite being considered at the federal and state levels before, the answers I got for for those who make regulations for protecting whales is that because overall whale populations are recovering, individual whale strikes seem to be less concerning to regulators now. It just seems that incentives rather than regulations can continue to be the preference. And I put this idea of regulations to the shipping companies. And for them, it's all about fairness. Basically, they said if mandatory slowdowns are implemented, they want all stakeholders involved. But here's the key thing. They want it to be enforced. They don't want to be disadvantaged because they're following the rules and others aren't. And this is a good reminder because this is a voluntary program and not everyone is taking part. When I flew over the channel, I saw this ship that was going very, very fast, almost like it was trying to overtake the the ship ahead of it. Uh, The current compliance for slowing down among ships traveling through the channel is is 60%. Well, yeah, that's not everybody and people are not uh, living up to the voluntary part of it. Is, Is the voluntary part going to end soon and can we see the return to speeding through the channel again? Well, here's the interesting part is Sadly, after almost a decade of the Blue Whales and Blue Skies program, they don't have funding for the incentive part of the program for next year. But they are remaining optimistic and they told me that they're planning on running the program again next year and hoping that the shipping companies will, who do get incentive awards will decline the money. They say at some future point they may have to or want to move away from financial incentives, but... They're always going to need money for the running of this type of program, you know, for data and PR and things like that. Yeah. You know, it it strikes me that we all depend on the shipping to get our stuff delivered, right? So shipping happens because consumers need an item, whether that's individuals or companies. So I'm thinking, is there a way to know if your package comes from a ship that's slowing down or speeding up? And could you let them know that that's what you want? There actually is, Ira. Earlier this year, the people behind the incentive program launched a brand ambassador initiative where brands who are interested in making their supply chain greener receive data on if their shipping companies are actually slowing down. The whole idea of this program is this information can be passed on to consumers and they can add it to you know their sustainability pages and things that we often see on websites. And you were seeing a few companies start to join up. Overall, it's this idea of um, the power of personal responsibility. A lot of people listening to Science Friday today care enough to say, how can I make a difference? And the idea is if we insist on having whale and air-safe products next time we shop online, then companies along the entire supply chain will be pressured into delivering. And that means finding a solution to a massive air polluter in my region and really what some believe is the last threat to endangered whale species. 
Well, we're all rooting for the whales. We're rooting for less pollution in your area, Michelle. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. Thank you, Ira. Michelle Loxton, podcast host and producer for KCLU NPR for the California coast, based in Thousand Oaks, California. She reports the story for KCLU's podcast, The 101.